What's up guys, welcome to Dream Chasing 101 podcast. Today we are diving into the world of broadcasting more in the sense of TV uh, production as well as TV presenting. And today we have um, from Ignition TV, uh, Zapora. If you can you know, introduce yourself and just tell the people what you do. Hi, thank you so much for having me first and foremost and hello to everybody else who's listening. So my name is Zipporah Masetti and um, I go by the name of Cool Car Chick on a lot of platforms and I think that's just the brand that um, I go under right now. Um, and I am a presenter and producer on Ignition TV, which is the only motoring channel in South Africa, in Africa actually. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I'm doing and that's where I'm at right now. And You've obviously built this brand, Cool Car Chick, Instagram, Twitter. And is this something you saw yourself doing, you know, when you were growing up, when you were kind of high school? Was there something else that you saw yourself doing? I definitely did not think I'd be in motoring, in the motoring field at all. Um, when I was younger, I thought I would become a mo- uh, motoring, a news anchor, actually. So I really wanted to go into journalism. I knew I wanted to be on TV. But um, it really was news anchoring, bulletins, 7 p.m. That's where I thought I, you know, I'd end up. And obviously, as you go on, things change, interests change. But um, I think for me, the sort of interest of cars developed when I was, you know, watching TV with my dad, who used to own the television remote all the time. So if you want to watch TV, it's either going to be on the news or it's going to be on Ignition TV, or it's going to be watching some sort of Top Gear Automandial. So, um, yeah, basically watching TV with him in the background, it was just like, hmm, actually, maybe this is quite interesting. And that kind of thing developed in my head. And I used to play games, actually, as a child, sitting in the backseat of a car. And I'd be like, okay, guess the car without looking at the badge or the brand of the car just guess what it is and a lot of times i get it right and be like okay i like this i'm pretty good um and yeah (laughs) so yeah and um i think as i went to varsity um i think it was my second year that the south african guild of motoring journalists the chairman came and spoke to us about different avenues, you know, in journalism. And there's this thing called motoring journalism. And um, they could actually use a few young faces. I was like, oh, okay, I'd like to do that. Maybe let me give that a try. And he would spoke about traveling and driving cars. I was like, listen, say no more. I am going to sign up. Wait, do I sign up for this? <laughs> um, so yeah, then I wrote a motivational letter. Um, as to why I should be chosen as, you know, their intern. Um, I think that was in 26, 2019. Oh my gosh, in 2019. Wow, yeah, time flies. Um, no, 2016. Okay, so I wrote a motivational letter, 2016, and um, I got called for an interview um with 200 and something other people who really wanted the opportunity and sat down with the panel and you know they had a lot of questions as to you know why i want to be um the motoring 
intern of that year. And I told them, you know what, I've got an interest in cars and I think it's something that I could do. So, you know, pick me coach. And yeah, I think from there I got it. And it's been a roller coaster from then on. So it was quite an amazing opportunity. I got to, um, you know, as an intern of the Guild, you get to go to different publications and platforms and just spend time there and learn as much as you can for a month and then move on to the next one and just gain experience. So it was just a great way to just gain quick experience. Um, yeah, and just get into the industry. And with, you know, the whole process of writing a motivational letter and um, all these other things that come along with it. Did you see that, you know, maybe this is uh, an opening for you as a female to kind of break into this industry? Is that something that you thought about that played into your, your decision as well? Most definitely. I mean, from the day that I went to the interviews um, and there was just a whole lot of guys there, I'm thinking, there's absolutely no way I'm going to get this because guys generally know more about this um, industry than I would know. And I think, you know, it was already intimidating, but I was just like, you know, I'd, I'm going for it. And um, I ended up getting it. Um, and definitely there were guys that knew more than me, definitely. But I think they were just looking for, obviously, you know, young females that are going to enter into the space and just saturated because obviously it's a male dominated yeah. So I definitely took on the challenge and I was just like, you know what, I've got this. Um, I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to grow the industry. I'm excited to be young, fresh and bubbly and black and, you know, all of that stuff Um, and just find my place as a female in this industry. So it definitely was something that played um, a lot on my mind. And when I did get it, I was like, listen this is history somewhere <laughs> i mean i'm not the first person to be or the first female to be in the motoring space but i feel like in in many ways um i'm a first i'm a first for my friends i'm a first for you know the small circle that i had so it was literally um a big deal yeah and just going a little bit back into varsity did you study anything relating to broadcasting or journalism or anything in that area yeah so I was doing journalism and um, in TUT, which is very practical based. So there's a lot of theory, but there also is a lot of practical. So a lot of standing in front of the camera and, you know, reading your news or just presenting um, to the camera. Um, there was a lot of video editing. Um, there was a lot of radio, you know, hosting, um, voiceovers. So everything was just very practical. And yeah, I think a lot of, um, what I learned there has helped me in the career that I am now because I spend most of my time in front of the camera, but I also have a lot of time behind the camera. So, yeah, that's uh, I did journalism. Although, you know, motoring, you know, where I am, motoring journalism is a biggest fear than just, you know, sticking to the facts as you would get in conventional news. Mm. So, so, you know, there's a lot of lifestyle that is also, you know, part of that. Um, so I think in this point, you kind of make it your own. You get that knowledge from, um, from varsity, but also keeping in mind that times change, things change, and you need to evolve and um, grow within, within the technology that we have right now. So it's definitely different to 
a lot of things that we did back then, but very helpful. Very, very helpful, y'all. I mean, you said, uh, you know, growing up, you wanted to be a news anchor. This kind of ties in, like you said, there's a difference in content, but the, the, the thing of being in front of the camera, how did you kind of get comfortable with being in front of the camera? Because for many people, it's not really, you know, first nature to be comfortable in front of the camera. So how did you adapt to that? Is it through the practicals? Did that make you comfortable? It actually was not as easy as I thought that it would be because I spent a lot of time um, practicing in front of the mirror, even growing up, I was just like in front of the mirror, you know, trying to be a presenter, like you're, this is how I would do it. If I was, I mean, I think we all wanted to be OTV presenters at some point. So I used to act like I was on OTV and like, this is how I speak, you know, have it on lockdown. And then the moment they put the camera on you and you're like, uh, my my said my name my my um sorry hi it's just like can I start over again? So there was a whole lot of cut. Let's do it again. Oh, can I please do that over again? Sorry, I stumbled on the word, and it still happens now. I'm not like a hundred percent comfortable, but definitely with time you get to learn a few skills. You get to um, learn that don't get into your head so much. Just present as if you're talking to a friend it makes it so much easier than thinking of you know two million people who might be watching you and thinking what is she saying is it even correct or what so definitely it took some time for me to get you know comfortable but the nerves are still there i still make mistakes i still need to you know redo or take maybe sometimes or a take or two so i think um even you know professionals who've been doing this for a lot of years can say you know they still get some nerves and are not completely 100 percent comfortable in front of a camera it's just one of those things and you mentioned that you do some work behind the camera as well do you think that um th- that's kind of like an underrated or you know because we don't really see the behind the scenes that often we only see the final product how much work goes into the, the the producing and the editing and so on listen there's a whole lot of work that goes into producing i mean i could be producing a six minute um clip or segment and it takes about 24 hours just to get it even more at times because you have to think of you know what is it that you want to be shooting so you need to book this whole thing so let's say it's an event you need to book that event and call the people. Okay, hi guys, we are from Ignition TV. We would like to shoot um, your event or maybe they invite us. Um, okay, the event is in two weeks time. I need to now go find a cameraman. I need to find my kit. I need to understand, is it indoor or outdoor location? How's the noise going to be? Do we need light? You know, how much sound are we going to need? Do we need... Um, a handheld mic do we need lapel mics so it's a whole lot of you know thinking and planning um, and also just thinking of different ideas of how you could shoot it and make it exciting and interesting Um, then it goes down to okay so structure what am I going to be shooting there okay I need two of the spinning cars I need two of um, the new mercs that they're going to be unveiling there I need people to talk about the experience at this event Okay, cool. 
so now you need a script. You need to write a script for the presenter. What are they going to be asking? Um, so intro, what are they going to say when they get there? Hi, my name is Zipporah and <laughs> where are you? What are you saying? And also depends, do you have a presenter that can flow or do you have a presenter that needs more structure? Mm. So you have to keep that in mind. But either way, you need to kind of, you know, outline what are the questions that they need to ask? What are the shots for the cameraman? Just write down all the shots that the cameraman needs to take. Um, phew, and it could take, a, let's say, about four hours to shoot um, a segment that's only going to show for six minutes on TV. And if you think about it as pre-production that you planned two weeks ago, it's um, the six hours that you spent on the day shooting. It's also taking that material and putting it into a computer, looking what has been shot, cutting it down so that it makes, you know, or tells the story that you wanted to, t to tell. So it could take about a month or even, it depends how big the project is. But I mean, it takes a whole lot of time just putting something together that makes sense and is going to be, you know, great. But if you're making a segment for, you know, let's say on it's the, the show is supposed to play on Monday and you're shooting this event on Friday, it's definitely a tight schedule. It can be done. It's just going to be a lot of pressure um, editing and everything like that. But phew, yeah, production, it's, it's a lot of work. And yeah, people don't get to see all the amount of work, all the amount of bloopers, all the amount of rain and sunshine and hunger and thirst and all of the stuff that goes into it. <laughs> what would you say is, obviously this is a ton of work, but would you prefer to be behind the scenes or in front of the camera? What, what's your more, or what do you feel you're better at? I think I enjoy being in front of the camera more because especially um, in, in shows where I get to talk to people and interact with people and just, you know, um, get the excitement. I think that just gets me going. Um, and if I am reviewing a car, oh, definitely want to be behind the wheel driving it. I mean, if I'm going to get a chance to drive an A45S and tell you all about it and say how cool it is and how it bends the corners and how it grips onto you know i definitely want to be behind the you know the camera and telling you all about it and feeling all that excitement um there's a different joy that comes from producing and conceptualizing what you want something to be but it, there's also just something very magical about you know being in the experience and um being the TV, being the story, yeah, um, and just you know getting people roped in. So it's yeah, I think in front of the camera, Dave's going going, going, to, going to you know being you know, in front, being of, the front camera, of the camera. What was it, what like, was it like seeing, seeing yourself, yourself on TV, on TV for, the for the first time, time on, Ignition on Ignition TV? TV. What was that what was that the, whole that experience, experience like? Can you? Like, can you... Oh, geez, it was so awkward. <laughs> it was so awkward, but also was I was very. Um, excited i was happy i was really happy and also couldn't wait to tell my dad i'm like hey i am on that show that you used to watch with me as a kid what the hell and you wanted me to be an engineer do you still want that ha 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 so it was exciting just to you know kind of goof in his face and say yeah i'm on tv what you like about that <laughs> um but 
after that kind of wore off it becomes very awkward i hate watching myself on tv i really never do it unless i need to do some social media punting but hate it hate it hate it hate it i hate how i sound i hate my voice i hate how i look i'm like oh look at my top look at this it's just like a lot of self-critique um but a lot of that can also help you know, in making you a better presenter if you watch yourself and um, see where you can improve. I just hate doing it. And coming to self-critique and kind of learning from, you know, your past uh, appearances, growing up uh, wanting to be a news anchor, who did you kind of look up to as an, you know, motivator or someone like a role model in in that space? Uh, There was a lady called, shoo, why would I forget her name? I used to love her so much. She used to be an anchor on ENCA back in the day. Um, Actually, she she ended up passing away. But um, after that, it was definitely Nikiwe Pikicha, who's also still such an amazing anchor. Um, Who else? Kathy Mutlatani right now is also just a lady I look up to in terms of, you know, news reading and just presentation in front of the camera. Um, and also there was just um, influences from, from presenters of entertainment shows. I mean, Bonang is definitely the queen of all things presenting right now. Um, and back then, and she's really evolving and and, and, and gaining um, a, a huge flat platform internationally as well and growing her brand. Um, so that definitely right now is one person I would say I look up to in terms of brand focus. Yeah, she's quite smart um, in doing that and just selling the essence um, and the brand that is Bonang. She's an entrepreneur boss. Yeah. And building a brand is very important, especially in your area. Um, what, like you say, Bonang has been an inspiration for you regarding the, the brand building what else have you kind of taken building uh, the Cool Car Chick brand? I've actually realized that it's actually a hard thing to do. It's not as easy as saying, okay, cool. I am Cool Car Chick and you're going to like me because I'm a chick who's into cars. Um, there's a whole lot of, you know, marketing that, that I'm not so good at. So I have to always seek advice from people who do it um, in a way that I would love to do it. Um, In terms of even something as simple as posting regularly on social media, that's something I really don't do. Um, I could have taken a thousand pictures and said, okay, this is what I want to put on my platform and this is what it's going to look like. It's going to be so cool. But then I don't know. I'm just, I don't like social media that much. yeah so it's become very hard and i think when you when you are a brand you need to stay very relevant you need to be in people's faces you need to be memorable so that you're on everybody's mind um, when, when they think about um who is you know the most relevant person in motion right now that you need to be top of mind or at least top three as to the people they're going to think of and that just takes you being around people communicating, you know, just um, socializing on social platforms, posting enough content and good content um, at that. So definitely this year has been one of those things like, okay, wait, 
this is what I need to do and this is what I, I need to be sticking with. Um, and a lot of guys in the industry have helped me with that as well. I'm like, okay, no, this is what I need to be doing. Um, so the advice has really helped. And I think, you know, sticking with that could make my brand, you know, bigger than it is. I think the the whole social media thing is, like you're saying, to be consistent and being relevant. How dif- how difficult has it been now with, obviously, the lockdown restrictions? How have you been affected? Are you guys still um, shooting quite often? Or what's the, the current situation with, it, with Ignition? Um, we are not shooting as much as we were, but definitely shooting has um, commenced. We are shooting Ignition GT almost weekly because um, it is easier to shoot that in a space where it doesn't need crowds and stuff with a lot of our shows, especially like classical culture, which is event-based. Yeah. There aren't any events right now. There aren't any spinning nights and um, spin bash, whatnot on a Saturday. So those have been canceled. We're not shooting that at all. So we're just trying to package the show in a way that doesn't need crowds. Um, so this time has definitely made us think out of the box and reinvent and repackage the way we used to do things. Um, in terms of Ignition GT, I mean, that is um, car reviews. So you just get a car from a manufacturer, you know, get your cameraman, hop in the car and get on the road and shoot. So that has not um, really been affected. It's still going. We have studio recordings as well. Um, and obviously, it's just a matter of keeping safe and sanitizing and just being very cautious of the people you're around, the, the social spaces, what you're touching and all that stuff. So it has made it tougher, definitely. Um, but it also has opened opportunities in which we can grow and we can repackage and just think out of the box and do things differently. Um, we're never going to be the same and we shouldn't. We definitely shouldn't. We should be reimagining reinventing and redoing things way differently with all of these changes how have you adapted your personal content obviously this like you said you don't really like social media too much but how have you adapted and kind of stayed relevant during this time so it also is just about um getting information from the brands you know what is coming up what is being launched what what is new, what has been updated, kind of, you know, reading up on the news right now in terms of motoring and what's happening and kind of posting that stuff. There is a a lot of cars that are coming out, not as much as last year, obviously, and the years before, but there are cars that are launching right now. And, you know, what manufacturers will do is they'll send over a kit or something for you um, and you get the car and test, uh, test that out and then post as much as you can on, you know, your social media um, as well as the platform that you're working for. Um, So definitely I've been trying to, you know, stay relevant. Um, It hasn't been as hard as I thought it would be, but it definitely is not what it has been. Um, It's a bit of a stretch in trying to find you know, content that will excite people as well. I mean, it's, you know, the motoring community is one that gets so easily excited, sharing news. You want to be the first to share, hey, you know, the new M5 has launched and you you need the scoop first and kind of thing. Um, So it's kind of also just staying on top of the mark and, and making sure that you're the first to kind of say something instead of being the last and everybody has already read 
the M5 review. Um, if you're gonna make it that way, if you're gonna be the last, you make it. You better be the last who does it the best. And if I am the last, I definitely try to find a spin um, and try get more engagements than anyone else. Talking about you know being able to review cars and see them before they're actually available to the public. Uh, what are some of your favorite cars that you've kind of dealt with in the last few months? In the last few months, uh, so the C63S AMG, definitely, what a beast. <laughs> it's a V8 bi-table. It's a freaking heavy car. It's a big car. It's a big body. Um, and it's very fast. I think for for not even the first time, but it kind of just resonated again, like how do big cars just have so much speed? Um, I really appreciated, you know, being and spending time in that car. Uh, another one has to be the Audi TT RS. Um, and just, I think it's one of those cars that is very underrated. Um, people don't really gravitate to it, towards it as much as it used to be. I mean, this car used to be so big when I was, younger everybody wanted an audi tt um and right now it's kind of at the back of people's heads but it's such a beautiful ride it's such a great experience to be inside it it's so small but also just a fast car um and also it was tangerine orange so it stands out when you you know driving down the road um definitely um and one last one oh the vw amarok so that's the first time i was in a vw amarok and Actually, I had posted on Twitter to say, you know what, I've driven the um, Toyota Hilux, I've driven the um, Ford Ranger, you know, the BT50, but I haven't actually been in an Amarok, which I found very weird. Um, and the PR manager for Volkswagen called me and said, hey, um, I just saw your tweet. How have you never driven the, the Amarok? I'm like, I don't know. When we got an admission, I was not there or I'm not sure what happened, but I haven't had an experience in it. And they sent it over the next Friday and I went off-roading alone, which was insane, but also just exciting, you know, just, you know, being alone and um, four by fouring as a, as a chick was actually quite dope. <laughs> um, so I think in the last months, those have been, you know, the standouts. With the, the new kind of trend being electric cars and, and those, you know, those trends kind of settling in here in South Africa. Do you see that transition happening quite soon or do you think it's still going to take a fairly long time for us to get the infrastructure to, to have electric cars? Yeah, I definitely think we um, as South Africa are lagging behind in terms of infrastructure and, you know, us being ready to, really drive electric cars um right now if i was to get you know a test car that is an electric car it's kind of a stressful thing i need to think okay where am i going to charge this car yeah. how far am i actually going i can't be going to bulogwane what is my range from here to bulogwane because there's no charging station in between what happens if i get stuck you know and i can't really charge um you know my car because from here to Pulogwane, this is, if you're coming from Joburg, your last point, you know, of charging, charging your car is in, in Pretoria. 
And then after that, straight to Bulugani, there's nothing else. So it is quite hard um, in terms of infrastructure. And definitely we need more um, robust action from the government to actually kind of you know, get that set up. Is it going to happen in the next year or two? I mean, it is, it's, I don't know. We'll have to see how far we get with that. But um, for now, it is, you know, the, the dealerships that, you know, offer, you know, um, your, your plug points as well as uh, several malls across the, the country. So it is a matter of, you know, where can I charge my car? Does it work for me right now? Does it work for my pocket? Um, how conducive is it? But definitely the future is going all electric and we're going to have to um, catch up at some point or another, hopefully sooner than later. With um, South Africa being such a, I mean, we very car culture proud. We're very proud of our car culture in this country. And have you seen with your time with Ignition a shift in the, the popularity of certain cars? I mean, for instance, Mercedes coming out with a, with a, with a Bucky, if you want to call it that. Like that was kind of adjusting to our culture. Have you seen a shift um, with the cars that are on the road these days? Um, I think in the last I mean, five years or so, compact SUVs are just one of those cars that um, are very popular in South Africa. And that's just because South African people do love, you know, the higher kind of ride quality um, and they're into quite big cars. And as you said, you know, SUVs as well, but the bucky segment is quite big in South Africa. Um, so compact SUVs are literally one of those in the markets that are growing bigger than you know sedans um, and sedans are also just cars that are not as popular anymore they're kind of following away um, and hatchbacks as well are just quite very popular um, if i think of something we've been very constant in as south africa has to be the love of the vw golf i'm not even, even sure if <laughs> that will ever go away south africans love 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 the vw golf um so yeah i think that's that's just a hatchback that's just gained its own culture in south africa and it's so great to see um us embracing it i think in the world we number three or number four um of the biggest market that's you know that's been been driving um golf is um sevens and sixes so yeah, I think those would be a compact, compact um, SUVs as well as the, um, the, the hatchbacks. Definitely one of those cultures that keep going stronger in, in, in South Africa. And what car are you driving? What's your, your, daily, your daily car? So my daily, actually people are always so shocked. Um, so I didn't have a car for the longest time because I didn't see a need for it. I'd have a taste week um, a lot. But there was also times where just like, you know, I'd, I just wanted my own car. Um, so I drive a Polo Vivo, the 2020 Polo Vivo, it's white. Um, and I've been thinking of what I want to do with it. I don't think I'll keep a stock standard. I mean, yeah, engine I might just because I don't want to get in trouble and not be able to, you know, <laughs> take my car to read up for service and warranty and all of that stuff. But definitely cosmetic changes, um, I'm looking to put in a, a rear diffuser, I'm reading a, a rear spoiler, maybe a new bumper, some BBS rims. Definitely not going to put in air suspension. It's going to be a bit much. Um, 
yeah, and maybe just put in some leather seats inside, some sound, get their bass going. So I can't, I'm quite excited to see what I do with my car. It's going to be a mini project. And uh, I think I might just actually take some videos and put it up on YouTube and show my car journey as I build my Polo Vivo. Yeah, I think uh, having a YouTube channel, personally, I think it feels like almost anyone should have a YouTube channel. Like, I feel like there's a story to tell with everyone and what you do. So I think that would be a great idea. Uh, with your with your um, your points on not having a car for the you know for a certain amount of time because you didn't feel the need for it, do you think that has that combined with now COVID and being at home has kind of dented car sales um, over the past few months? And obviously with services like Uber, you know, how is that kind of affecting the the industry? It's actually quite tough. The The motoring industry has taken a big knock. Um, I think right now the trend is not even, I mean, as the years were going, new car sales were declining. But in 2020, they've definitely hit an all-time low. Um, people are not really buying new cars. If they do need to get a car, they are getting secondhand models and trading in the new um, vehicles. Um, and also, I was actually reading an article the other day of um, auctions. There's been so many cars that have been repossessed because, you know, of COVID and people not getting their full salaries and not make, being able to, you know, meet the installments. So a lot of cars have been repossessed. Um, a lot of people are not buying new cars. And also, you know, the Uber and hailing services as well. It's not as you know, popular as it was. It's lockdown. People are not really going anywhere. You're not going to be going partying. People are still wary about going to restaurants, um, not really visiting friends much. So definitely the industry itself has taken a big knock. Um, as to when it might recover is obviously also dependent on how the markets and how, you know, we, we, we look in the coming years. It's not even months because I think we still have a long way to go in recuperating the economy. Um, so it's definitely going to take a while to get it to what it used to be before. Looking at, um, you know, into the, the next few months, uh, obviously people are going to take a while to recover from everything that's happening at the moment. But in the, the, the automotive industry, what are you most looking forward to that's coming out Obviously, you can't mention, maybe you know things that we can't know, um, but what brands are kind of doing some exciting stuff that we should uh, keep an eye out for? So it's actually been very quiet in um, the big launch kind of things. So, so what the manufacturers obviously will do is just, you know, say, here's a car driver, tell us what you think about it. But in terms of um, events kind of slash launches and new cars, uh, right now, what's coming up is the A35 and A45 uh, Mercedes-Benz launch. Um, so what they're going to be doing, I think it's just going to be a ride and drive. So get to Swarkorps, jump into a car, take it around the track, um, drive it, you know, on the roads, feel how it is, you know, on the track as opposed to how it feels on the normal roads um, and just have a bit of fun with it. Um, and also that is something that we did with uh, BMW. I think they were the first to actually say, okay, let's try 
have a media event, but not really call it a launch or an event because there's no socializing and mm. sitting around and all that stuff. It's literally getting there, jumping into the cars and going, dropping them off, get sanitized, drop into the next one. Um, yeah, and then go home. So BMW definitely had a successful one. They had the M, uh, the X5M and the X6M competition um, that were launching and that was a great one. Um, had fun on those launches. Um, the A45 and uh, um, A35 is coming up end of the month. So that's one that's definitely I'm looking forward to. The CLA35 as well is going to be there. So can't wait to drive those cars. Um, what else is actually quite interesting that's coming up? She hasn't much. I saw the um, Carlami, um, what do you call it? The Grand Prix Press is going to be in December. So that's something that's also been postponed. Um, and also as being, you know, so interested in motorsports these days, everybody's just on Saturday watching Formula One and everything. So it's going to be quite exciting to get to December and hopefully we can go to Kailami and just see some fast cars going around the track. So that's definitely an event that I'm looking forward to. But in terms of, you know, new cars and everything, yeah, kind of hush hush. You kind of hear about it when it's like, okay, next week here's an invite. Um, so as we go. And I suppose that's also just because of the situation that we find ourselves in. I mean, they can't really be too hype about anything because you can't really bring in that crowd anymore. So I suppose it's just adjusting to, you know, the circumstances we find ourselves in. And it definitely is. Um, it's been tough. So hopefully it gets back to normal or some sort of normalcy yeah. soon. And kind of just closing off, I mean, you have asserted yourself in this in this sphere, you know, the, the automotive industry. How or what advice can you give to females who are breaking into male dominated um, career paths? You know, what advice can you give to to the women out there, especially with it being Women's Month? Um, yeah, if you have uh, some advice for them. So I think it's it's actually quite sad when I look at the number of women right now that are in the industry. We're not a lot, um, and definitely we can do better in opening up the industry for new females to enter the space, but also it would be so amazing to see women that are, are interested in getting into the space because it's all good and round saying, you know, open up for females to join, but you know, are they interested to join? But um, it would definitely be so exciting to, to get more females into the space. And I would say, you know, just go for it. Definitely just go for it. And I think at this point, it definitely is a point of, you know, there's nothing that, men can do that we can't at this point they might do it a bit better and we might do some other stuff better but do join in the industry um it needs to grow we need more female pioneers we need more women in pr um, we need more women as engineers we need more women you know as as motion journalists um we need more women as race drivers so it really is an exciting time where we can propel women to join into those spaces. Um, and I personally am, you know, open to giving advice and just pointers on what to do as a female if you want to, you know, join into the industry. It's not an easy one, but 
definitely if you are um, dedicated and really wanted, it's bound to happen. And speaking of propelling women in the industry, you've been nominated uh, for an award. Can you give us a bit of background on, firstly, the organization that um, is hosting, you know, this um, award? And yeah, just what what it's about and how does it feel to be, you know, recognized in the industry? So this is run by MFC, which is um, uh, what they're throwing as the motoring in Women in Motoring Awards. Um, and the first time I attended these awards actually was last year. Um, and I was, you know, just covering these awards, beautiful women in motoring being celebrated. Um, so I brought my crew along, we got to the awards and I was just like, wow, these women are actually doing boss, boss things. Those women, you know, who are, you know, dealership principals, women who are in PR, women who are in philanthropy, women who are engineers. It was just like amazing to be in that space. Um, and I got to interview a few of those women as well. And it actually just got me so excited about the industry that I'm in. Um, and also just feeling not alone. Like there are women in here who are making boss moves and I was quite inspired. So it also is um, sponsored by NetBank. I got the nomination, I think two weeks ago, and I was just sitting in bed and I got an email and I'm just like, hmm, let's see. And it says, congratulations, you're a nominee for, you know, the Women in Motoring Awards 2020 um, in the Women in Excellence category. And I was just like, me? <laughs> I was quite excited. I was so happy and I was so honored. Um, I really still am so honored and I think, you know, I'm, I'm quite, I'm proud to, to think of the strides that I've made in such a small amount of time. And I'm also inspired by the women that have been nominated amongst as well. So the competition is going to be running for, I think, till the end of October. So if you do want to vote for me, um, please just go on to the Women in Motoring Awards and in the Women of Excellence category and just like the page and like my picture. And I, yeah, I'm crossing fingers. I win, definitely. And to close off, um, being, you know, like you said, you've made, you've made big strides in such a short amount of time. Uh, what's your, you know, a little bit of advice for people who are looking to get into present, you know, being a presenter and also behind the scenes producing, editing, or along those lines, if you have any advice uh, for the youth out there. I think it's great to kind of get st things started on your own so that when you do approach a company, you already have a, sort of an example of what you can do. So definitely watching um, a lot of the content that you like or would like to you know, look like or emulate before you kind of find your own space. Um, is definitely something you would like to try. I tried, um, I watched a lot of Top Gear. I watched And They Crazy. I watched a lot of Ignition. I watched a lot of, you know, presenters that I look up to. I'm like, okay, this is how I want to kind of present myself and sound and, and look. Um, and, you know, kind of wait for it until I found, you know, this is who I am in the space. This is what I'm comfortable in. And this is what I want my brand to be and look like. So for somebody who wants to, you know, start you know presenting wants to you know be a motoring you know presenter or producer definitely start watching the that content 
what would you like to add to it? What would you like your brand to feel like, your kind of touch in the industry to feel like? Put something together. It doesn't even have to be like a, a huge thing. Um, let's say for Ignition, if you really want to be a presenter and you really want to push and you want to get them to notice you, you know, stand in front of your car or your mom's car, your brother's car, whoever's car, or a car you just like, you know, take a selfie video and say, hey, my name is Tepo Mabena, I was born in my city, and right here I'm standing next to the E53 CLA, I'm in AMG, and what I love about this car is the bold lines, is the colors, you know, it's, it's, it's got, you know, a V8 engine, tell us anything you want about the car, it could be an old car, it could be a Mazda 3 to 3, just say, you know, <laughs> I don't know, just the whole, what would you say as a presenter, um, take that clip, send it to, to Ignition, and bombard them until they freaking notice you i think you can't you can only get so many no's in life somebody's bound to give a yes not everyone is going to be like nah you can't or nah no 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 there's literally bound to be a yes and you just keep knocking until somebody gives you that yes that you want that's what it is and i think also with social media being so you know widely available everyone has a, a a channel in some sense you're all broadcasting your own content you just choose what you want to put out there so i think uh, for people out there looking to get in you you have the channel you just need to put out uh, the content and like you say until they notice you you just keep on doing it yeah definitely i think social media has been so great in that I mean, you look at Twitter and you see, you know, so many car fanatics. You look at YouTube and all the, the, the channels that have popped up and, you know, content creating and Instagram. So there definitely are a lot of avenues that you can start content creating yourself and kind of pushing that and saying, hey, look what I can do, guys. Do you want, you know, to add me onto your team because I'm valuable? So definitely it's, it's been a great tool to help um, in, that, in that way. And with that, uh, Zapora, thank you for, you know, making time. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on Ignition uh, soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been quite a pleasure talking to you. It's been great.